Hello and welcome to the Testing Peers podcast number nine. Today, the Peers Talk Passion is an idea inspired by an input from Philip Wong, who wrote to us following the CV episode to ask us how we show passion on our CVs. We appreciate any input from our listeners. With us tonight, we have Russell, Simon, Chris, and myself. What we were with David, I was going to say, actually, there's um, a ground swell of interest in your potato. In my potato, it's a ground swell. Could, could you please, <laughs> please let the public know what is going on with the Maynard potatoes? So they are growing really well, actually. So they're, uh, I planted one lot a week after, the, but because of the highly wet weather, they are now growing probably about 12 inches now uh, i've ridged up two lots so the maris pier and the charlotte are now ridged uh, nicola are a bit behind um but um i'll ridge them up uh, after the weekend can you promise us that there will be pictures on the testing piers twitter when they have been uh unearthed yeah. oh unearthed well that'll be about christmas time so well i was thinking about this earlier actually that because we did mention uh that we might be talking about the potatoes uh so um yeah it might come out for the christmas episode i might reveal oh. some potatoes. As, as an honorary bit of course we could rename the testing peers the uh, maris peers just for the day <laughs> oh boy chris have you grown anything else has anyone else grown anything in the garden well i've also got plums victoria plums we had some lovely plum and apple crumble that i think we, i think we've got a side business here haven't we <laughs> the testing peers fruit and veg it's just David's garden, to be That's honest. That's my garden, yeah. We've got about five strawberries in our garden. But still? Um, yeah, they keep on coming back. So um, my, my uh, youngest likes to go and show me where they are, and it's good. Check out the strawberries. And we've got, we had some carrots that were the size of, like, broad beans. They were quite uninspiring. You couldn't really cook them because they were so small. A bit crunchy, not bad. A bit like a cough sweet size, if you can sort of picture... Picture that for a carrot. So that's the only things I think that we've grown that's edible. Maybe some herbs. We've just been busy puppy-proofing our garden, so got rid of anything that could possibly cause pain to the puppies or the children. Put chicken wire against the bottom of the fences, cleared any flower beds of thorny plants, laid it all to turf, put bark down in the beds, so we've got nothing now that can grow at the moment. So we're going to put some potted plants in once we get a chance. But yeah, it's all ready for the puppies, which come next weekend. Have you been researching dog walking routes around your town? Not for these puppies because they're, well, they're very tiny to start with. So we won't be walking very far with them for the first couple of months. We've got some nice routes anyway, across fields near us. So it's fine. More more picture opportunities for our avid Twitter followers. I've had a couple have already asked me to um, send lots of puppy pictures their way. So Simon, are you going to start a... Instagram account for your puppies. I don't have Instagram, so maybe I wouldn't. But my, I might do a Twitter. The, the prize puppies. puppies. There's puppies, <laughs> and then Dave. David's not, got, you've got a dog, haven't you? Not your yeah, puppies. David. David's got a dog as well. I've got a dog. I'm trying to. He's not as so much of a puppy us... anymore. He's he's an old man at six. Well, I'm trying, I'm trying to. I'm trying to collect, time, collective ownership. We can make a funny little picture of all the dogs that. Actually, are we should, what we should have done for the for the, the testing pups, if we could have, we could have exchanged our pictures for dogs for just for today. 
Oh, oh yeah, we've got, we've got to get better at that from the marketing side, haven't we? Sorry, I, I slipped up there. Russell, have you been growing anything or doing anything in your particular... In garden, it seems to be, is kind of the theme right I'd here. I'd say, is he growing his beard, maybe, but... <laughs> The beer's definitely growing, definitely. But um, no, I'm, I'm not that much in the garden of late. I seem to be embracing everything you're talking about because I'm looking for a puppy too at the moment. Oi. Oh, yeah. very good. So um, we'll see what happens. Was it the Huskies that inspired that, was it? We've been looking, we've been talking about it for a long time. Just the lockdown had caused somewhat of a spike in prices. Yes, it had. And we didn't really want to pay a fortune for a, a dog. So They're worth um, every penny, Russell. I know they are. I just feel like it's kind of profiteering from an animal and that doesn't fit right with me. But at the same time, supply and demand and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, we think now is the right time to do it while still working from home, etc. This is an exciting development. I'm looking forward to this. And now we've got, we've got a running theme of potatoes and puppies that we can keep our listeners on tenterhooks finding out the information. So when are you getting your puppy, Chris? Uh, never. My dearly beloved is incredibly terrified of dogs. But that's the whole reason why you should get one. That mm, my daughter yeah, I mean, set petrified. There, 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 there's various battles in a marriage, David. That battles? I would I would suggest you shouldn't really bother going to sort of win. You're not you're not going to get very far in those things, and and in in this case, going for a dog would not be a successful pursuit. Surely for you, me. you need to help your children. Um, I feel comfortable around dogs. And not They're very house. comfortable around dogs. If we go walking, they will say hello to every single possible dog that an owner will let them talk to. That isn't a problem. They're just extroverts like you, Chris. I think that's more of this. I am not an extrovert. I mean, oh, wait, no. Yeah. <laughs> Enough about dogs and potatoes. They're awesome. But let's talk about what we're going to talk about today. So we have now been challenged to go into a little bit about what passion is and what do we mean by passion and what if you are a, an unpassionate person i see passion as something that you are very interested in that have read around it and you know how to do it and you are an advocate for it yeah a passion for i guess if you're talking about passion in terms of cv or job something that intrigues you interests you something that you're moved towards something you want to get involved with something you do things for so my opening line for my cv is i'm passionate about quality <laughs> no, of course, i've got a very similar line to you. <laughs> um and i can honestly say that passion doesn't mean i'm running around like crazy going quality 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 it means that i'm interested and i wish and want and i try and i do what i can to push that idea so i'm passionate to others by promoting it and passionate myself by doing a podcast on it by learning about it by those sorts of things but passionate doesn't mean i'm kind of hugging and all that sort of things it's not emotionally passionate it's invested passion if that makes sense and it's also i think striving for that as well so you you are passionate to drive it forward in order to make sure that you are the best like i say advocate for for that particular whatever thing you've got the passion for yeah Investors is a term I like for it. You're invested in that area. There's a term in, in when they're sort of talking about ADHD um, of hyperfocus, which is when you can't wave the hand in front of somebody because they're so like in the zone and stuff. No, no headphones, nothing. Like, so if my son's into something like building his Lego, he's hyperfocused because it's something that he really finds interesting and, he, and he's, he's going to put his 
all-consuming attention into that. There might be loads of things that he breezes through life. He does, you know, half half arsed or not really paying attention. Maybe it's because he doesn't really care about it. And I think passion and caring is is a thing. And when you care about your job, and you can show that you care by the actions that you do and the things that you say, I think that kind of can come across as a passion. The the difference between how people perceive passion might be if you are a charismatic kind of outgoing person who's like, yeah, then this is awesome, let's do this sort of thing, rather than somebody who's just detail-oriented or, or just wants to get the job done right and just ticks those boxes. They might really care, but because they haven't got those obvious symbols, those little notes that, that tell you that they are, it, it, it's, it's a two-way thing because you might feel like you're really passionate about something, but people might not see it. Maybe it's like a charisma or a, a way of being that's when they see that there is something that you're really into, passionate about, there is a difference to your demeanour or the way you approach that particular thing. I kind of agree. Do you think you can be passionate about lots of things? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think I think this is it. It's not the it's not that emotion on the person that running around very smiley facey, happy, happy, happy. When we say passion, I don't think we mean that usually these days. It's not that crazy aunt who's passionately about trying to hug you and uh, say There's nice pa- things. Passionate love as well. Mm. <laughs> what does what, what does it mean to you when someone is passionate, Simon? Certainly something that people are very vocal about. They can talk a lot about it. They're very enthusiastic about it. They're, they live and breathe it almost. That, that for me, strikes as passion. Something that they're, you know, people that are passionate about their football team will talk about their football team. They'll go and be at their football matches. They'll follow them in every opportunity. That's how I see passion. People that are passionate about something tend to be quite intense about it, if that makes sense. There's certainly an intensity to when they talk about it. You, you can see the sort of enthusiasm and passion ooze out of them while they're talking about it. That, for me, kind of is a sign that there's passion involved. So the, the comment on the blog was all about also, because obviously it's related to the CV, how do you then show that passion on a piece of paper? That is much more tricky. You say in your first line of your first line of your CV, you say, I'm passionate about quality. Is there a way, is there any way of actually showing should you go into more details describe the actions that you do so when i talk about being passionate i talk about podcasts getting involved in uh, meetups not just going to them but presenting at them going to conferences persuading people about quality teaching about quality shifting organizational structures about quality that's how i demonstrate my passion by my actions it's not a list i'm passionate because i did x y and z i kind of say i'm passionate then i hope the the text itself explains the passion. But passion is an ambiguous word at best. It is. And I think you're right. I think it's basically just explaining further. You know, if you're passionate about something, then you can explain it and write about it and how it's affected your job, either in its current role or how you'd like to affect it in the future, basically, uh, by showing what you've done to prove that passion for that particular subject. So have you ever had something that you're passionate for that isn't just quality like in in your life maybe as a child or or like a particular interest you had was there something you would say that you had a passion for and that people could see that in you is anything you you could identify sports sports the thing i mean i i went on the um 
a bit of a, uh, sort of a tirade on football quite late on for, for a child where I changed schools and all of a sudden everybody liked football in my school whereas in my old school which was bigger I was kind of more into sort of the Marvel Universe type kind of things. Uh, changing schools meant that if I wanted to have friends I needed to get into football. So I, I kind of had to start buying into these things and I didn't want to be fake about those things because I'm not, I'm a terrible liar. <laughs> so I, I sort of I picked little bits and bobs. I found things that I found interesting. And then I went, I really like deep dived into it. So like I used to write the names of footballers down. I used to write down stats. I used to read the magazines religiously. I would start finding out more things and I would tell people about those things. I would worm some of those bits into my schoolwork. I would wear like the scarf or the hat or the t-shirt, anything I could get away with. It kind of, that became me and I sort of became stato to my friends. That sounds so familiar. <laughs> and, and I did exactly the same. And the, and the same thing happened with like pro wrestling in my teens, for example. Like I went on a real deep dive on those sorts of things. In the days before you could you could Google stuff and find the answers really easily, there were like fan pages on these things and you could find out this pro wrestler was actually called this and they went to those sorts of places and they did all these things. And you just like it's it's interesting. And so I'm gonna find out everything I can about that. So there you go, I've given you two examples. Premier League from 93 to 96, I can probably tell you anything about it. That's the thing, I was so into it. I had the sticker books, I collected all the stickers, I had all the collector cards, I had watched Match of the Day every week without fail. The same with um, WWE, WWF at the time as well. I was quite sad in that respect. I knew all the wrestlers' names and everything else. Didn't didn't dress up in the outfits, though, I'm afraid. Not for that no, one. No, no, I didn't, I didn't go that far either. <laughs> Very funny if you had. Uh, my passion probably was when I was a lot younger. When I, and I think lots of young boys do, uh, were into it. Is dinosaurs? Loved the dinosaurs, and did a lot of research. Three year olds into that now, and uh, had books on them. Really wanted all the, all the things. And and actually, then I sort of relived it when when the kids were were young. We had to Dino Land and um, all various dinosaur parks and going to see them and being excited by Jurassic Park when it first came out all those many years ago and um, a movie yeah but but it's interesting also now how obviously being a scientist how science has moved on and how things that were perceived in my you know my youth many years ago are now very different uh so so i still have an interest but i'm i haven't i'm not quite so passionate about it as i once was i think you're right with that as well i mean dinosaurs is an interesting one because it is the one that most kids i know most Kids I know seem to have an interest in dinosaurs early on. I mean, my three-year-old can name pretty much every dinosaur on the telly, and we watch his ridiculous amounts of dinos, Dino Dana or whatever it's called, and he knows all the names, and they're all his best friends, and it's it's very bizarre. But yeah, it's definitely something that young kids seem to really attach onto, and it's yeah, and like you say, visiting the parks now, it's very it's very surreal going around and seeing all the dinosaurs that you to know all the names of and they're like what the, what's that one called again i think you're right there's some good examples of passions that you have as young children i think it reflects itself differently in adults though it's difficult to explain but you know you can tell someone's passionate about something but by listening to them talk by hearing the enthusiasm by they'll gesticulate more if it's something they're 
they're really passionate about and it's all about that body language as well as the communication and you can get those vibes on it and especially if you you manage to hit on the nugget during an interview when you're, t- you're interviewing someone and you manage to hit on the, the nugget of the passion the field of passion that they, they have you can be in the interview for a long time you can really gauge how this person is when they're passionate about what they do and and that can be a real plus point for somebody you said that's a bit like when somebody's like face lights up when you start talking about something say in a group i mean my son like you do you talk about like certain planets he's just been learning about those things he's like i've got facts to tell you about this <laughs> but it's it's interesting how it sometimes people's passions is like a wind-up toy if you manage to get them in that right sort of sweet spot they will suddenly just keep going and sometimes in an interview situation they can go down this 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 track and it's very then difficult to to sort of steer them back to a questions or information away from that particular passion you know because it's all very well having that passion and having a conversation but you only have a finite time to a certain extent it depends on when you are in the in, if you're in an interview panel uh, you may have a finite time so being able to cover the breadth as well as the depth uh, is quite tricky I'm, I'm guilty of, of talking too much about what makes my stuff in, in interviews. So most of my interviews go long when I'm when I'm the candidate um, because I, I, I start talking. So people go, oh, how was the interview? And you go, I don't know, it lasted quite long. It's probably a good thing. <laughs> On the whole, it probably wasn't. They're really like, just, just bring it back, Chris. But uh, yeah, I'm excited about stuff. So. As long as, as, long as your, what your passion is relevant and that you don't go off on a tangent, Mind you, with you, Chris, it could well be on a tangent, but <laughs> I'll be like, I'll be like, wait a second, 1999 was the the win for Sweden that was really important in Eurovision. I don't know what you're talking about. You can fact check me on that. That did happen. Russell, we haven't heard about what you had as a passion before. Quality was your number one passion. Um, I don't know. It's weird. Sports, as I said earlier, kind of. I was very keen, um, sort of playing, practicing sports. Beyond that, I couldn't tell you. I've lost that to the dawns of time i think it's interesting talking about passion and age because i think there's a difference in what we in the examples we've given you know so in early life with dinosaurs for me it was just a passion for for me and like what chris was saying he his passion was to fit in you know to be able to you know show his passion and be able to fit in with others and it's interesting what simon was saying that i think the passion changes back to sort of like the childhood one when you get to an adult you're doing the passion bit for you although having said that you often have this this sort of thought in the back of your mind is how will this help me in my career or how will this help me in whatever i'm doing so i think that you know the progression through life changes in what we decide is passionate it's difficult to decide what you're passionate about, though, isn't it? To actually make a conscious choice. Mm. It kind of still has to pique your interest. Yes. And for, so for me, in, in terms of testing, it was attending a conference and seeing this grander thing and seeing others really excited about it, not only about the work that they were doing, but also about other things, a much bigger picture than anything I'd ever seen. And that became quite infectious. But rather than just following people blindly into whatever they were saying it just led me down like rabbit holes of of blogs and talks and all these other things and now here i am doing the same thing for other people to consume 
whilst I'm obviously I, I I don't know the answer to practically anything, but you know it's 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 quite fun to sort of see that was that was the week that um, David handed his notice in at our work was kind of when I first really captured those things. So it's only like seven years ago, David. It is, yeah. And I've been a tester for a flipping long time by that point before I wasn't passionate about much. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all were. Do you think a passion can actually be a negative? Yes. Do you think yes. sometimes it, it, do you think it can be blinkered? Do you think it can blind you from certain things? That actually means I'm passionate about this thing to the point where other things I just turn the volume down or I'm, I'm oblivious to those things. Passions can yes. become obsessive. If that makes yes, sense. they can. And anything obsessive, I would argue, is probably not great. Depending on what you're doing. I think all obsessive passions are probably a little bit not great, either for your mental health, physical health, or something else. I think there's probably a few edge cases there, but I think if you're truly, really obsessive, then I think it's bad. I think also passion can possibly lead to a bit of arrogance that you can feel that you're invincible and you know so much that no one you you don't actually necessarily listen to other people's um ideas on a particular topic or subject so do you think too much passion and being told that you're an expert in a field can be therefore detrimental to you because you stop learning but then i think if you stop learning you probably lose your passion surely because like I, when i'm passionate about something i can't stop trying to learn about stuff it doesn't mean you learn the right things though no, it's true. Maybe obsessed with the rest. Yeah, of it. I mean, it's, isn't really it's, relevant it's it's interesting because if you could say that your passion is testing, and you went to meetups, you read blogs, you read, you watched online courses, at a detriment to your day job because you were so obsessed with passionate reading about it that you actually weren't doing your job. That could have a negative impact. If you spend your evenings doing it, you're impacting your family time or whatever else. That could also be a negative impact. But Equally, you could be, like you say, you could be learning the wrong things. The meetup could be on a topic that's to do with testing, but it's something that doesn't directly relate to your job or relate to the, what you're doing day to day. So although it might be interesting, it's not particularly useful in the moment. So therefore, that could necessarily be seen as a negative as well because it's not directly related to what I'm doing. There may be no way of, in your current role, being able to do that particular kind of testing. So if you do become passionate about that, you're going to then have the whole thing of, well, it's not my current job. I'm therefore not going to enjoy my job anymore. And it spirals. So it, it can be. And I, I speak from, from experience of this because I did get to a point where I was constantly listening to podcasts about testing, watching videos, attending meetups, reading blogs, whatever, that my evenings, every evening without fail, would be taken up doing that to the point my wife thought I was working every hour God sends. And I wasn't, I was working to a point, but then I was just reading or watching testing related stuff. And I don't feel like my knowledge necessarily went up a particular spike in that period. It was more of a, a plateau of, I was reading stuff, but stuff wasn't going in, but I felt like I had to keep reading because I had to keep learning. And I got myself into an obsession of, I need to learn to the point, yeah. you know, I had a, stack of books i had a stack of videos in a playlist on youtube i had a stack of podcasts that i was trying to get through a playlist of and i just wasn't getting anywhere near them because i just couldn't couldn't actually listen to them although i'd play them i wasn't hearing it if that makes sense yeah there's been times when i've been in the learning process and i realized there's so much to learn that's kind of made me obsessively try and get as much information yeah but it's it's a bottomless pit mm. 
Um, you start reading something and that gives you six different leads to then read six other things and, and they give you another six leads and it's kind of like an exponential growth like the, the virus we've been currently seeing. Yeah. Um, you can't, can't win. I think that's true. I mean, we were saying about, you know, our passion is testing. It's, but testing is such a broad thing. There's also the other thing in that your understanding. So a good example is sort of exploratory testing, one person exploratory testing, and you can read so many books on exploratory testing, but you can go down a channel where in fact you get blinkered that and describe something that actually isn't exploratory testing, it's more ad hoc testing, or, and you can get down a rabbit hole that if you're not, if you don't listen to people, like I was saying about the arrogance, you know, then you can com be convinced that you're right and try and convince people in your company that you're right. And then therefore people don't trust you anymore because mm. they, they think that you, you they, they realise that actually you're not listening to them, uh, to them in trying to, to change you. And so your passion is backfiring to a certain extent. Yeah. When I thought passion's going kind of wrong, I thought of kind of the people that tried to persuade at all costs, say the people that were advocates of um, check everything, for example that preach it or the people that say that you know checking versus testing that sort of stuff uh, who believe in it beyond any question any doubt any reasoning anyone that can't kind of see two sides of a coin to a degree those that passion is where passion's gone over the top overflowed um into kind of i don't know belief Igno ignorance it goes into ignorance really doesn't it it goes that yeah. it's, it's it's what you believe or not at all it's yeah, it goes Almost. into sort of preaching and kind yeah. of your view is the right view and um, sometimes passion can overrun into those areas. That isn't passion in my view. No. That's where passion's kind of gone too far. I'm so passionate about my worldview or my opinion of testing that I will preach it versus try and teach it. And veer, veer very close to politics and religion. I was about to say the same thing. Um, I've, got, I've got Trump's name in my head now and I've, yeah, and the whole politics thing yeah. you're right but they even even still like if you think linguistically there's some people that that have got an unfortunate name with grammar at the beginning um that that, that that preach preach about things being absolutely correct about the way things should and should not be said and like there's this um the the french language group the francophonie where they've got very very fixed ways that the language should be spoken and it's this way or or you're completely um, disrespectful of, of your entire people and how dare you call the weekend the weekend and, and, and by doing that you're not being inclusive and I think the thing that you really want to do with a passion is to be inclusive you want to tell people all the really exciting stuff but the minute you become exclusive I think you're turning people off If you want to tell us about your passions then get in touch with us at testing peers on twitter or contact us at testingpeers.com we have a patreon page which we've mentioned on previous episodes but if you want to help us fund this podcast improve our equipment make sure chris has his supply of jaffa cakes then head over to patreon.com slash testing peers and check out the tiers and see which of the different levels you can donate towards our cause uh, thank you again for listening to this episode and we look forward to speaking to you again soon For now, it's goodbye from the testing peers. Goodbye. goodbye.